Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus, episode 562, coming to you on the 10th of January, the year of our Lord, 2024. And I thought I would take today to just talk about reflections on the debate from last night. And in fairness, uh, being incapacitated for a couple of days, I did not get an opportunity to go back and watch the live stream from the first debate. I do have an audio recording. I have not been able to check how good it came out yet, but I will post that live audio recording probably in three or four parts on this podcast for you to review um, before the prime or before the early voting begins. It will be up there. So, and uh, I want to put a special shout out to Kyle Sims. He was there. He live streamed uh, Monday night's debate which had um, two no-shows, uh, one I knew about and one I was disappointed and surprised to hear about. But nonetheless, there should be a fairly good discussion uh, to be had with the interview of Daryl Hill running for re-election as County Commissioner Court 3 and Darren Mice, who is running in HD 67. In addition to that, we had uh, two more debates. So give me just a second. That was with the uh, constable's race where we had uh, Steve and Mike facing off against each other. I didn't get to see it. I don't know what happened, but it's Steve Asher and Mike Rumfeld. Uh, they're both there. I've had an opportunity to beat both the, or meet both of those guys. I think you should check them out and make your own educated decision. I will give kind of feedback based upon the debate hopefully before the end of the week. The other one, of course, would have been the State Board of Education, where uh, Chad Green, uh, Jamie Coleman, and Pam Little were all present. Uh, Matt Rostami was not able to join us, but I knew about that ahead of time. Again, that is probably worth your time to go sit and watch that, and I will um, give my response or follow-up, if you will, when the opportunity presents itself, like I said, hopefully before the end of the week. So I, uh, I want to... Let you know that I, I did drag myself there. I, I, I did do my duties as the moderator. And uh, we finished on time. Uh, we did uh, inflate a little time on one section. And we deflated a little bit on another section. So, as always, I want to thank all the candidates that participated. That took the time to come and be heard. And I think that, and I said this publicly and uh, in the event, we have to show respect and a certain amount of admiration for anybody that's willing to run for office. Now, look, there are self-serving people, yes, but anybody that's willing to throw their hat in the ring and do the work and show up and put in the effort, we have to give them at the bare minimum of respect. And honestly, we have to give them the ability to speak. And I was very happy that the crowd that was there on Tuesday night, and I can't speak for Monday, but Tuesday night, was very good about that. They didn't try and talk over anybody. They weren't yelling, hooping, and hollering. And, and that was very encouraging. Applause is always good. Positive feedback, always good. The booing is basically unnecessary. And really at a Republican primary full of Republicans, you ought not hear much booing. Just my thought on that. So first up, we had the constable race for uh, Precinct 1. So the incumbent, the current uh, constable for Precinct 1, Matt Carpenter, and his challenger, who had run against him in the previous cycle, not quite two years ago, 
or I guess it was two years ago, uh, Chris Trevino. Now, I, both of them, put it this way, they improved their performance over two years ago, which is to be expected. I mean, the more you do these things, the better job you'll do. Um, I appreciated that they came. I appreciate what they had to say. Uh, Matt clearly demonstrated that uh, he is a, a good understanding of what he is doing as the constable. And he was quite reassuring and calm and put together. Chris brought up a number of valid concerns and things that should be addressed, but maybe that should have been directed uh, for the commissioner's race or something along those lines. Again, things that need to be heard, things that need to be known. And the, this is kind of a touchy issue because there is a lot of people that see what the constable does as being like a second class sheriff's deputy or not even a cop. And if you listen to these guys, when they talk, they will educate you on all the different things that the constable's department does and can do. And it's, it's very interesting and it it's uh, useful. So again, take the time, listen to it. I think if I were going to grade performance, um, I would, I'd give the debate, if you will, to Matt. Uh, that's not a slight on Chris. It just, if, if, if I'm objective looking at it, I think Matt did a better job. That does that mean anybody did a bad job. No, not really. It just means that that's my opinion. I'm the moderator. I'm there. I'm listening to the quality of the answers and the thought process behind the answers. I'm not necessarily looking for a policy that I agree or disagree with, though. I will point out if somebody brings up a policy that I disagree with, or a position I disagree with, but just simply grading on their performance and what they did. So that that's how I'd call that. Now, the next race was the tax assessor collector. And I had a little fun. I, I indicated that I wasn't sure that I would be enthusiastic about voting for somebody that was going to come and collect my taxes. They laughed because they were good sports. Um, so again, this is a three-way race. We have Scott Gregg, Cam McCall, and Angela Powell. Now, Scott Gregg has essentially been running for this about five years. Uh, Ken Mon had apparently told people he was going to retire four years ago and then decided to not retire. And as a result, uh, Scott wisely decided to just keep on campaigning. Uh, this time around, we had Cam McCall throw his hat in the ring, who currently works at the tax collector assessor's office and has some experience through uh, family and work-related. And then Angela Powell, who is looking to change up things a little bit. She spent some time doing different things in the past. She spent, I believe, eight years on the school board uh, down in uh, Plano ISD, and she was looking to transition and doing something a little different. So I will tell you that I'm not going to grade whether they're qualified, not qualified. I, I'm i not sure that uh, any... Well, what's funny is they all said that the others were not qualified, which is kind of interesting because... I, I, I'm always intrigued when I hear that in a forum or a debate, you, if you don't even believe your opponents qualified. Wow. Okay. Any case, that being said, uh, clearly, um, Scott's been at this a long time and he had good answers for everything. Um, I, I will say that there was one answer that wasn't quite satisfying. I'm hoping that he'll come around and give a little bit better answer in the future. Uh, but everything else is pretty solid. Um, Angela 
uh, clearly needs to up her game. Uh, and I don't mean that disrespectfully because she has done the school board thing, and that's certainly her ballywick, but she's looking to do something entirely different. And I kind of hope that I'd get a little bit more, or a little more confidence, a little more uh, clarity on things. She did bring up some valid points. So again, I'm not I'm not dismissing her. And then uh, Cam, of course, uh, he works in the department. He, he knows the job. He knows the role. And he's just wanting to uh, succeed or yeah, succeed his boss. Apparently his boss is in favor of that. We'll see. But they did. They honestly, if I were going to give a grade, I'm not going to. I, I don't want to embarrass or, or talk down, but this was not close. Uh, just Scott outperformed the other two. Um, now, you might find there were some policy differences in there that you picked up on that persuade you one way or the other. But again, just one man's opinion, having watched what played out and how they answered questions and how they handled themselves on the stage. The next race was the party chairman. And so we had Ellen Lovelace, Howard Powers, and Shelby Williams. And uh, full disclosure, I do have a pre-existing relationship with Shelby Williams, which I think is generally positive. I do know Howard Powers. I will say I did not know Ellen Lovelace. Uh, I met her a time or two, but there's no relationship there. Uh, There's a passing uh, relationship with Howard Powers. So um, I worked on myself to make sure that I would stay as neutral as absolutely possible because my role as the moderator, and I've said this many times before, is to not impute my desires or my thoughts on what they're saying. Now, nobody does it perfectly, but I do my best to, to maintain that neutrality or maintain that objectiveness and give everybody an opportunity to speak and make sure that what they're saying is understood and make sure that what I'm asking or what I'm giving them as a question is understood. So there is no harm, no foul. If they ask for you to repeat it, or if they're not sure what it is you're looking for. So I just want to make sure I threw that in there. So Howard's been around a long, long time. He has uh, lots of uh, good thoughts and policy positions. Um, Probably not the front man I would desire just because there's a certain look. (laughs) And I I hate to put it that way, but that's what it boils down to. Um, But I have no doubt he would be competent. And as far as performance goes, he did okay. Uh, uh, Ellen, who, again, I said I had really no... Um, pre-existing relationship. Uh, she performed well. She gave good answers. She was put together, um, quite frankly, uh, very nice. And uh, I would say I was surprised, but that might sound demeaning. So I'll just say I was pleased. Um, again, when you don't know, you don't know. And that's why I said up front, I didn't know. And of course, Shelby does what Shelby does. He showed up. He did a great job. Um, communicated well, said exactly what he was thinking and tried to thread the needle on a couple of contentious subjects. Now, as an aside here, one of the issues that came up was getting our municipal candidates elected. Now there were multiple versions of this question put in. And as you may recall, I was only a little involved in that situation. (laughs) So I was curious because I had no idea what any of them were going to say legitimately. And what I found interesting is two of the three didn't see fault with the process, only with the follow through 
And only one of them said, well, the process maybe could be tweaked, but also there's a follow through. So I, I found that interesting and there was a distinct difference there. Um, and I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I went through months of this and for whatever reason, some folks just didn't want to understand where I was coming from. And what happened when the question was asked, it all became about the candidate committee. And I'm really not sure that the candidate committee was the subject of the question or was even the primary movement or motivation behind the questions, but that is what we're hung up on. And in my opinion, Colin GOP is going to have to find a way past that if they ever want to get their game back. Just my opinion. But again, um, so if I was going to rate this, Shelby'd get a an A. I, I I'm gonna let's let's I'm gonna retract that. Let's just say Shelby did the best of the three, and Ellen did really well, and Howard was just Howard. He did fine. There's no slack, nothing. Um, okay, now House District 61, and, and again, I am being very gracious, and I want to be upfront about that. Because you don't know what it's like until you get up there. You don't know what it's like until you have the questions thrown at you. None of these people have the questions ahead of time. And it's done that way on purpose. Now, granted, if you're the fourth in line on the short answers, you got a pretty good idea what those questions are going to be because you heard them earlier. But there's still, I want to hear what your answer is. I want to hear what your thought process is behind that. I don't necessarily want a specific answer and there's more than one correct answer and there's more than one bad answer. So that's how you need to look at it. And and I'll actually go back and revisit that here in a few minutes. So going on to House District 61. So I knew that uh, Mr. Frazier had been detained. He had a family emergency uh, that in my mind, that's private business. I will say it's health related. And I told the audience before they got started, This is why he's not here. I knew he wasn't going to be here. He has a very good reason why he's not here. He was the first person I asked to make sure that they could make it because I know about the schedule of the house reps, the senators. I I know how busy and hectic that is. So I always want to fault on making sure that I can get everybody to show up. So in having my own health uh, situation, right? Medical uh, scare, if you will. I'm very deferential to that. And I maybe uh, <laughs> pushed a little hard on it. But look, we want to be fair and we want to give everybody an equal opportunity to speak for themselves. So uh, there was a pointed question at the beginning. Uh, and uh, in fairness, there were multiple versions of that that were handed in. I just tweaked it to suit the question that I want, how I wanted it to be phrased because I thought it was a fair question. I think it's an important question and and I'm going to tell you what it was. Assuming that you're not only vote or you're not only running. And again, I did it off the top of my head, folks. So give me a little grace if I don't phrase it exactly the same. (coughs) Sorry, I apologize. If I don't get the phraseology exactly the same, but assuming you're not running for house district 61, just because Frederick Frazier voted to impeach Attorney General Paxton, tell us why you're running. Now, there are all, there are multiple accusations that that's the only reason any of these people are running. And I mean, honestly, clearly it's a major motivation. Were there other things? Sure. Did the questions 
or did the candidates both answer them well? Yeah, I was I was content with the answer. I mean, I would have hoped that they had a little bit deeper, more thought out answer personally. But again, they only had a limited amount of time. They didn't have any idea that that question was coming. So I'm not going to begrudge them that and I'm not going to beat them up for it. But I thought it was a very fair and appropriate question. Everything else, they did fairly well. The difference in policy is almost nil. And I, and I tried two different times to get them to give us something where they differ or where there's an advantage with going one over the other. And they didn't really offer that. So for me, I mean, that's one of the goals. Okay. So now that I've given you a recap, I've kind of given you my thoughts on it. I, I encourage you go watch the Facebook stream, right? The live stream, or when you get a chance, listen to the audio. I want you to make your own decision if they're talking your language, if they're if they're speaking to you personally, if you find that they better support you. I was trying strictly to talk about their performance and how they did on the stage. Because that's that's what interests me, right? A certain amount of confidence, a certain amount of stage presence is important when you're a candidate. But also, how do you think on your feet and how do you present yourself? Okay, so I told you I was going to kind of revisit that a little bit. So when I do my debates, and and again, let me back up just a little bit further here. I think all opportunities to interact with candidates or elected officials are beneficial to a point. The point is, is if you're going to just show up and beat up and bash on the elected official or a candidate that you don't like, they tune you out. They don't want to hear it. They don't listen. You're wasting your own time and quite frankly, theirs. If you have constructive criticism, if you have something complimentary and maybe a negative and you share that at the same time, I'm going to tell you, having been both, or I guess I still technically, being both a boss and a subordinate, I guess the term is middle management, but having been in that role for quite some time and dealing with customer service, it is very easy to get lost on negatives. The, the other gutter would be is to always be positive, but you have to be honest and you tell somebody when they, you think they did a good job and when they need improvement and you want to be balanced and you want to be net positive in that interaction. It's fine to tell them that you blew it on this vote or you blew it on this issue. This is really what you should know, or this is what you should think or whatever your point is. So that being said, so the the lightest, easiest way to approach this is a forum. They're all on the stage by themselves. They get some questions. Uh, There's nobody else there to confront them or question them or quite frankly, to counter what they're saying. It's basically an interview. And there's nothing wrong with interviews, but that that's just, I mean, everybody has pat answers for an interview, or at least they usually do if they're a good candidate. Okay, so then option number two would be a debate. That's the format that we work off of. And then there was a third version that was brought to my attention. And I know I've talked about this more than once. And I, again, I want to give a shout out to the uh, Collin County Golden Corridors Women's Club here. They're going to be doing like a speed dating version. There's going to be several tables and the candidates are going to cycle to each table and give that six or eight people present there one-on-one time with that candidate. Now, I'm not sure how much time you're going to get with that candidate, but that is a good opportunity. It certainly gives you an opportunity to see how they are face-to-face and whether or not they're respectful and open. Again, those are important. 
So I'm intrigued by this. I don't know if I will personally be able to make it there, but I would encourage you. It's coming up. Go to Golden Corridor's uh, website and check it out or their Facebook page. They'll have the additional information. I think that'd be a lot of fun. And there's going to be probably five or six more forums coming up brought up by various clubs or organizations. And again, every opportunity you get is a useful opportunity. I know people indicate that you should be spending your time block walking or making phone calls or fundraising or whatever. There's truth to that. But if there's a race that you just don't know, if there's a candidate that you're iffy on, if there's outstanding questions, you need to take the time to investigate that. That's why you have multiple forums because not everybody can go to every forum and some people can only make one. So again, you use it as you see fit. I don't, and I will say this, I don't see a value of going to every forum or every debate for every, you know, for the same candidate that unless you're trying to catch them on a conflicted answer, what's the point? Okay. So in the debate, so there's four primary sections. The first section is a short answer, like a word association. I'm going to give you a word or a phrase, and you're going to tell me what immediately comes to mind. Now, the primary purpose of this is to get a general idea what their thought process is or what their philosophy is. It's not perfect. It can be gamed, which is why you like to change up the words you use or the phrases you use. Or the second section is short answer. It's supposed to be yes, or I'm sorry, one word answer. Yes, no, or maybe. Now, this is very hard for a lot of people, particularly people that are running for office because they want to show more emphatically or be more or whatever. Simple yes, no, or pass is adequate. Now, we put out a number of questions and some of them couldn't really be answered with yes, no, or pass. And I appreciate the fact that they had the wisdom to say, I'm going to pass. It's too nuanced. Some of that's done intentionally. Some of that was just structuring of the question. Okay. So again, this is how quick on the feet are they? And do they have a firm policy in mind? Because we try not to make these too tricky. Occasionally they get a little um, more nuanced and that's fine. If you want to call it out, I have no problem with it. The third section is an opportunity for the candidates to ask a question that goes to the other candidates. Now, what was interesting is a number of the candidates chose not to take advantage of this. And and it's not looking to get, you know, bloodied or start a battle royale or anything like that. But I would want to know if I'm in a Republican primary, if I've got two Republicans sitting up there, if there's something that distinguishes a significant difference between these folks. And that's where the opportunity exists for the candidate to ask this question. And I got to say, I'm rather disappointed if you don't take advantage of it. I understand it. And that is your option. I would never pressure somebody to do that if that's not something they're comfortable with. But I think it was a missed opportunity. And all too, apparently that's going to be a common thread going forward. Well, the last phase, if you will, the last phase has to deal with questions from the audience. Now, as you might guess, that can get a little iffy, a little dicey, a little pointed, a little aggressive, all of the above. And almost always it comes from somebody that has a specific point or issue they want to get across. I respect that. Now, as the moderator, I look for the duplicates. I kind of put them together and I choose the best form or create the best form from those questions. I want to honor the 
question that's being asked, but do it in such a way that one, it's not very lopsided or aggressive or two, that gives everybody an opportunity to give a legitimate answer. Now, I understand that you can't get every question. You can't get every question asked the way that the author may be absolutely intended. But as a moderator, it is never my desire to abuse or pile on somebody that's taken the time out of their schedule as a candidate to come and participate. I'm going to give them the questions and I'm going to give them questions even if they're tough, but I'm going to make sure that I give them an opportunity to answer it in a way that shows some grace because we're supposed to be people of grace. Now, look, I say that knowing full well that if you've listened to any of my 560 episodes before this or whatever the number is off the top of my head, you know full well I can be quite aggressive and quite pushy when the time is right. But on people that are on my team, I want to give them grace. And it requires a lot of effort sometimes with some of these people. But we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. We want to work with them if at all possible. We want to not create enemies within our own team. So that's where my heart is. That's what that's what my motivation is doing what I'm doing. That is why I'm trying to grade on what they did less than what they said. Because what they said is going to sound differently to everybody that listens. Their positions are going to hit everybody differently. I mean, I can tell you that somebody that's absolutely categorically against um, red flag laws. Okay, that's an easy answer and I'm going to be happy about it. But somebody that says, well, you know, on the surface, red flag laws are terrible, but there's, there's a lot of nuance here and there might be some things where there's legitimate reasons why we want to preemptively step in. But as a general rule, that's a very slippery slope. It's problematic and we got to be very careful. That's a more thought out question or answer to the question. And that's probably a more full answer, but that also requires more than 30 seconds to a minute to come up with an answer. Unless of course you're the one asking the question. You already know what you think about it. So again, you as the listener, take the time, hear them out, make your own decisions. Apologize. That being said, going forward, not, not hundred percent, not going to lie, not going to sugarcoat this. I'm going to try and, uh, try and watch the, uh, well, actually Thursday on Thursday, I'll, I'll probably do a movie or a book just because I should have one in the hopper. I can knock out for you. I want to be somewhat entertaining this week, Friday. Assuming I have the time to review the other debate, I'll give my thoughts on that debate and I'll encourage you to go check it out. Unfortunately, we only have the live stream. We don't have the audio version, so I won't be able to break it up. That being said, every opportunity you get to listen, to educate, and to better understand where our elected officials and where our candidates are coming from, the more educated voter you become, the the more able you become to come up with decisions and understanding of what's going on. This is just a small part of it. I mean, yes, it's important to know the constitution, whether it's the U S constitution or the Texas constitution, but let's be honest with each other. The, the, uh, law making bodies, they've discounted those and dismissed those years ago. Well, it might be nice to say, but this is what you're supposed to do. This is what it says you can do. You're not supposed to do this or you can't do this. They don't care. And apparently the judges and the entirety of the judicial system is struggling to rein that in. And I don't think we're going to be successful. So we have to be going in with the eyes wide open, 
understand exactly what we're dealing with, understand where we are here and now, and how can we get the best result possible in an election. So if I get a candidate that's only with me 75%, but is extremely competent, put together, and got to be quite honest, most likely going to win, is it maybe worth my effort to back that candidate and spend time with that candidate in the hopes that I can educate them or inform them or partner with them to where they maybe move to some of these other issues that we don't agree with? But you might be saying, well, that's true, but I would much rather be 100% pure and have the absolute best candidate and use them to force that other candidate to acknowledge those issues and to change their tune so that they can get reelected. My answer is, you're both right as far as I'm concerned. It's what works best for you. It's what works best with your personality and your position and your, quite frankly, situation. I'm not going to hold everybody to a guide that I myself can't hold to. I mean, everybody's situation is different. Everybody's life is different. Everybody's opportunities are different. But we have to have grace and we have to have understanding when we're dealing with this situation. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Those are my thoughts on the debate. Um, Thank you for joining me. And I am doing better. I am going to continue to get better. Until the next time, I will see you on the other side.